This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you know, here at The Coffee Breakup with Marvin and myself, We take mental health very seriously, especially when it comes to therapy. It can be awkward, but the beauty of our sponsorship now with BetterHelp is the accessibility that you get literally over your phone or on the computer, however it is that you need to communicate with someone at BetterHelp to get that therapy that you need. So without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now. And would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Coffee Breakup listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash The Coffee Breakup. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash The Coffee Breakup. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. If you have this narrative of for this action to matter, their reaction has to happen. You're setting a conditional philosophy of my happiness is predicated on their response. You're living externally. You'll never have validation. You'll never have the feeling you need because you're all basing everything off something you can't control. How did you uh, hear about us? So you, you, you sent us a Instagram. message. Yeah. Instagram. Instagram. And I always watch people's podcasts to see like. There's so many people who don't get discovered. Sure. You know, and me struggling with the way I came about, I was a one-man army. So I had to figure out how to get my name out there. And I back-ended myself as like a D-list celebrity and okay. built my career based on that. Like yeah. faked myself as a celebrity. So Yeah. Sometimes that's what you, what it takes. You got to believe it you make it. Yeah. Fake it till you make it too. It, no, like literally I, I like lived that. To the point where I got on that TV show and did a bunch of stuff and it was it was crazy. So yeah, you were on the what is Titan, it? Titan, Titan Games. Yeah, Titan Games with the Rock. With, with yeah. How? That is- How? Bro, they reached out to me. I thought it was fake. I wasn't even gonna go. I this buddy called me at like eleven at night. He's like, we want to do a video interview with you. I'm like, I'm not going on no black couch. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Casting couch. You know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, nah. But uh, he was like, oh, we're doing this show with the with the Rock. I'm like, okay. And they reached out to me. There was like two hundred thousand people that applied for this show. Wow. They gave yeah, me an opportunity to compete for a spot against 200 people. They flew me out to L.A. I went home. I was like, there's no way. I'm a power lifter. Like, I lift heavy weight, yeah. but that's it. They were like, we chose you, and we're going to use you for all the marketing. So I was on the bus. I was on the billboards at The Rock and did all that stuff, and it was crazy, man. That's so insane. Cool. So wild. you met him? and Yeah, or, he was cool as hell. He was super cool? He, was super cool. he seems like a nice guy. Bro, he comes in a room, you talk, and he leaves. like, oh, that was The Rock. Like, he doesn't talk down to you at all. Yeah. Super cool, dude. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, just for for people to understand a little bit about yourself, kind of maybe we usually start with people giving them like an, an introdu- introduction about who they are, yeah. where they're from. So just kind of people have an idea of who you are. For sure. If you want to kind yeah. of just kind of bring in. So uh, I was born with a physical disability. Okay. And for 17 years, I hid my disability. 
up until maybe four years ago. How old are you? I'm 31 now. Okay. Oh, right, right, so right. I hid my disability for the majority of my life just because I wasn't comfortable with the way I looked, the way I felt. And, you know, I grew up in a poor area uh, in Pompano and uh-huh. uh, it was a struggle being different mm-hmm. and I didn't accept myself for a very long time. So I really don't even consider living a good life until I finally accepted myself a few years ago. Then I created a career for myself. I went to school for exercise science because I thought I wanted to build muscle. Okay. Yeah. I, bro, I wanted to get girls. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> I I thought that was the key. Like abs was the key. Yeah. Right. And I got abs and I'm like, why am I still not happy? Yeah. You know? So I became a personal trainer. I was like, I'm still not happy. I built my own business online. I'm like, this is cool, but I, I still feel like I'm missing something. Right, right. And I found speaking. And now I'm a professional speaker. I built a speaking business around the world. And I help people see their world without limits. And now I'm finally feeling fulfilled because it's not about what I'm earning. It's about what I'm giving. Mm. And sometimes you teach best what you need to learn most. And that like changed my life. That is true. You teach best. What you... Yeah, that is so true. Um, so you, you, uh, you, you grew up and, uh, you, you, str- so it's a type type one diabetes. I have type one diabetes. I got that at 19. So I, I struggled having a disability, you know, my entire life. Cause I was born this way, Okay. but I got uh, an autoimmune disease type one at 19. And that was like the trigger the catalyst for me to be like, I can't be this disabled diabetic kid right you know? yeah yeah that can't that can't define you it can't it and the can't bad thing is like if you think about some some of the synonyms for disability it's like weak or broken or useless or helpless like you almost define people with disabilities mm. as less than you know yeah you see a guy with a disability opening a bag of chips and you're like wow that's so motivating <laughs> is it uh, yeah <laughs> you just, you just wanted some damn chips you know yeah or you you there people feel automatically feel sorry for you yeah. feel bad for you or they feel like, more inspired because i'm doing something they're like true. i've had so many people come up to me and they're like, oh, man, that's so crazy. I can't even do that. And I'm like, well, you can't do that because you didn't spend your entire life training for it. Mm. You know, it's not because you're not disabled. It's because you don't right. put in the effort. <laughs> yeah, it's because you don't have the work ethic like I do. So I had to deal with that for a long time. So I kind of pursued fitness as a way to be competitive. Right. And I got into powerlifting and I got to the point where I was competing against normal body competitors, you know. Yeah. And I got to the point where I broke a world record. I broke four state records. and Insane. It was cool, but Congrats. it was like, Damn. There's so many people that doubted me because of a condition I never asked for. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do I get to do to make a, a life full of purpose? Or how do I get to turn this life around and like deal with the cards that I was dealt, you know, and I found a way and it's just, it comes through choice and the way you help people and the way you position yourself. And it, it's the narrative that you give yourself. And for so long I had a bad narrative and right. that's with anything in life, you know, True. we give ourselves a bad narrative and yeah. I'm sure you've been there, whether it's relationships, professional, personal, 100%, yeah. Um, um, not when you when you were breaking these records and you were, you were doing all these things, were you feeling like, man, like I I've, I've proven this to them, or what was to yourself? Yeah, or was there? I'm sure there must have been like a lot of satisfaction. Was it more centered about yourself, or you're like these people doubted me and I still made it? I still did what everybody said I couldn't do. How was that for you? I think the hardest thing for me was uh, I went too far, too extreme. I had a hard time uh, appreciating anything. Mm satisfaction is the death of desire. And that, that phrase was burned into my head. So the second I broke a record or the second I did something that was notable to other people, I wouldn't say, wow, that was great. I would say what's next. Mm. So I got addicted to more. I got addicted to abundance and it, our society is big on that. That is true. Yeah. And it sucked because there's so many things that I did that seemed cool on paper, but I never really got to like feel it until I took a step back from everything. And I was like, I'm allowed to feel proud. I'm allowed to enjoy what I've done. I'm allowed to say, wow, that that's awesome, you know, but for so long I didn't allow myself to do that. And we do that all the time. You accomplish amazing things. And sometimes getting out of the bed is a like, huge accomplishment, yeah. but we're saying, oh, it's not enough. It's never enough. 
It's that narrative we just talked about. It's the narrative in your head that you constantly tell yourself, I need to do more or something's off or I should be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. That narrative determines quality of life for everything. And that's why I wrote that book about like self-communication because I was like, everyone says communication is key. Mm. You know, communication is key. That's step two because self-communication is key. How do you expect someone to communicate with you when you don't know how to communicate with you? How are we skipping that step? Why are we having expectations of other people that we're not willing to do ourselves? doesn't make sense. That's literally like what our focus is. Yeah. <laughs> like That's why sentences. I love yeah. this. Cause I was like, Oh man, this is like so aligning with where you guys, like what you feel about mental health and everything. So literally before you came here, I had texted him and I was like, Hey, I'm excited for, for our guest because I, you know, I saw his videos. I read it on his article. He has a book and everything like that and his website. And it's like everything he embodies is what we embody. You know what I mean? So being able to bring you on and have that kind of conversation and, and, you know, knowing that, yeah, you have a disability, but it's not a disability. Yeah. You know, if anything, it kind of empowers you. It's like, Hey, you're complaining about whatever you're complaining about. And it's like, what's stopping you? You know, only you are stopping yourself. It's that story. So it's that mindset that yeah. you're kind of, you were able to put yourself in. And now you'd like you want to help everyone else to get there as well. There's no excuses to, to anything. It, it all comes down to you and what your belief is and what you can accomplish. So the fact that you're kind of sending that message for us, it was like, man, this is going to be Yeah, amazing. it's like inspiring. And like we were watching the, you know, your videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And it's like, man, like this guy just embodies like self-confidence and, and motivation, inspiration. So the fact that you're a keynote speaker, it makes 100%, it makes sense to me because like, I think you walk into a room and, and people probably gravitate towards you and the things that you say and the things that you've overcome it's it's a big step and for a lot of people and i think i always we always, i always say it, it's like the biggest thing you could do for to me personally is making an impact in somebody else's life 100% especially if they been in a position where they felt helpless or they felt like there's no way out and we always talk about it there's always another option there's always another day there's always there's always light at the end of the tunnel but for a lot of people when they're in that position they don't see it that way so it's, I think it's, it's an amazing experience. And I'm sure you've had it plenty of times when you, you know, had helped some people out and they're like, hey, thank you for what you said or what you did. So I think that's a great feeling. And I always say it's, it's so important to have that. I think people have to understand when you say the, the biggest thing is having impact, mm. the biggest thing is having impact, but it doesn't have to be big things. And that's where people confuse. You don't have to go on a TV show. You don't have to write a, a book. You don't have to have a professional podcast. If you want to feel good, if you're down on yourself, the biggest way to have impact is go to the gas station and hold the door open for someone. You want to have even bigger impact, go to the gas station, hold the door open for them and don't expect them to say anything. Do it because you wanted to help mm. help an old lady up a stair. You know, big impact doesn't have to be big things, you know, and people confuse that you don't have to be in front of thousands and thousands of people. I'm also thinking that it's, it's, it all comes down to the expectation. I think, because if you're going with the expectation of some sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reward or... Rewarding recognition. Like you're doing it, expecting to get something from the other person rather than you doing it from yourself. And then, because now we're putting ourselves up to disappointment if we don't get the expectation, if that expectation is not met from our actions. But when you're able to do it yourself because you want to do it, that's a whole different side mm. of you know, accomplishing something because you did it for you, not with that expectation of getting and it from someone that, else. That's massive. It comes down to the narrative. If you have this narrative of for this action to matter, their reaction has to happen, you're setting a conditional philosophy of mm -hmm. my happiness is predicated on their response. You're living externally 
you'll never have validation. You'll never have the feeling you need because you're all basing everything off something you can't control. And I also feel like that's a huge problem, especially in dating, because we always we've had uh, other guests that we sure. talked about that it's like they yeah. jump from relationship to relationship, never fully feeling healed together within themselves. It's oh, always yeah. like they're looking for someone else's their validation. That was the word I was like, yeah. for. Mm. someone else, external validation rather than finding that within yourself, being happy with who you are and what you bring to the table, what you've accomplished, what are the, everything that you embody that's it's special in its own way. And for you to have to feel like someone else has to accept you, you know, that's where we're wrong on that one. It's how you accept yourself so then for you to put that person out in front for then they can be like, oh, that's who they are. Which is why I talk about self-communication. And I was actually listening to one of the podcasts on the way here uh, about mental health and from the therapist you guys had recently, I think in, in February. Which one? In Ingrid? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she was so awesome. So yeah. someone, I don't know if it was one of you, I, I believe it was one of you said uh, the phrase easier said than done. Uh-huh. That phrase gets us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and here's why. Easier said than done, 100% true, but better done than said. That is what we need to come down to because it's easier said than done to go to work. I'd rather not, you know, it's easier said than done to make your bed. It's easier said than done to do all these things. And people are like, no, 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 I have to go to work. No, you don't. You could be <laughs> homeless. You could lose everything you own. You could, but you turned a desire to not be homeless into a necessity. And if you have the ability to turn a desire into a necessity with something, you can do it with anything, whether that's maintaining your boundaries, whether that's maintaining your value whether that's, you know, giving your all, being authentic, those are choices. Easier said than done, absolutely, but better done than said. It's almost like, uh, didn't Steve Harvey have a saying that it's um, changed the way that you say or like how you think of an action? So, for example, damn, I have to go to work today yep. rather than mm, I get, get to. to go to. Yeah, yes. you know, yeah. so that you're already changing the, the narrative and now you're changing your mindset to whatever action it is. So instead of you thinking like, man, I got to go do this, it's like I actually have the chance to do this. Yeah. Not, not anyone can say that, it's, but I can do it. It always comes back to that narrative. And it's so important because if we put this narrative of no one loves me, we put this narrative of no one can please me, this narrative of uh, every person I'm with sucks. We're so bound to what happened in our past that we're repeating it. We're, we're literally reliving the stuff we say mm -hmm. we don't like because yeah. we're choosing to say, this is just how I've always been. Jesus. This is how I've always been. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> who you have been doesn't have to be who you are. Oh, 100%. And, but people live by that. It, that's just how I do it. No, that's how you did it. And that's how you're choosing to do it. That's the narrative you're taking from the past and applying to now. Because you can't fix what you did, but you're actively recreating it. And that's on you. Responsibility, and not just responsibility, but responsibility. <laughs> Your ability to respond is kind of important. And the bad thing is we're blaming and pointing fingers at everyone. I don't have enough fingers to point at all the people I wanted to blame, <laughs> you know, but the one that I do have, it was me. It was always me. And it wasn't until I said my value is my value, regardless of what happens around me or to me, it's my choice. Easier said than done, but better done than said. Yeah. I was talking uh, to someone the other day and, um, she was sharing with me how she was very frustrated with how someone else was handling something. And I'm like, well, have you ever thought of it doing it this way? Like change the way that you do it. No, no, no. That's just how they are. Well, no, 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 no. That's, that's just, that's what you've allowed to mm -hmm. happen. Yes. You've accepted that. Yes. So you cannot control what they do, but you can also react the same way, expecting them to change how they do it. No, you're in control of what you can do. So you handle that on yourself. Because for example, they can do whatever they want. You can't control, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm no, no, cutting yeah. you off and stuff. You can't control, you know, what they do, but you can control your response to those Always. actions. Always, that's the one thing you can. Exactly. So it, that w really hit me because 
at the end of the day, you can only handle yourself, but also comes in with you having that self-communication to have that, like that, that strength to do so. Yeah. If that makes sense. Man, I love that. You know, a hundred percent. It's, it, it's really up to the individual in itself and every day you have to make choices and, and you could turn your, your life around every day. And it's, it's just so important to kind of take that into perspective. I think people just like to be comfortable with the choices that they make and it's like, oh, it's always been this way. Well, it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it feels easier sometimes to just kind of keep doing the same thing that you were doing, your parents were doing, their parents were doing. And you kind of sometimes get stuck. So I think it's important for some people to just kind of step outside that and look at it from an outside perspective. Okay, sure. what is going on? And do I really enjoy the direction my life is going? If the answer is yes, that's great. If the answer is no, well, then put some action behind that. You know, and so I think that's important. You said the word comfort. And I, I love that. I have a concept in my book. It's called Don't Touch the Hot Stove. We get so comfortable with pain, we'd prefer pain that we know rather than the unknown of fear. So people would rather be hurt the same way by the same person just because they know the capacity of pain versus leaving them for the fear of the unknown. There's a possibility that it could be worse, but there's a likelihood that it would be better. Would be better. Mm-hmm. But that possibility of unknown or that possibility of worse makes them run back to the comfort of pain that they know. You know, the devil, you know, so to speak, and people get comfortable with that. I've learned to accept, I've learned to deal with, I've learned to, you know, live this way. So it's not that bad. So we live in this purgatory of it's not as good as we want it to be, but it's not bad enough to change. Tolerable. Tolerable. And life should not be tolerable. Life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be enjoyable all the time, but it damn sure shouldn't be tolerable. Mm -hmm. Contentment is what we need. And if you're not content with your situation, we need to change something, whether the way we perceive it or the way we go about it, reaching out for help. There are certain situations that require, you know, uh, intervention, whether it's domestic violence or anything like that. But in terms of acceptance, you teach people how to treat you. Mm. Whatever you, you allow them, that's what's going to continue. A hundred percent. You don't deserve anything. You deserve what you allow. And that's a hard, hard truth. Mm. You deserve what you choose to put up with. And that's, it sucks. You know, it's one of those like hard hitting facts, but you got to position yourself to understand your value. You got to position yourself to set boundaries. And if you teach them that breaking boundaries is okay, you're teaching them how to treat you. But how, how do, how would you, um, help someone think that? Because I'm thinking of, you know, we started off with the relationships. Now we talk about almost anything, but I can see how, for example, let's, let's, Usually examples of a relationship, a, a woman who's probably unhappy with her man and stuff, but she stays, right? Because she's comfortable with what she knows and she's afraid to leave because she doesn't know what's up, what else is going to be out there. Mm-hmm. How would you be able to, in this scenario, in any scenario, how do you kind of ca- guide or coach them for them to kind of find that within themselves again? So how do you know what's on the outside of this door? Got to go through it. Got to open the door. And you're probably not afraid because more than likely you've already told yourself a story that it's okay. But if you told yourself the story that there's three armed men aiming at the door, that door is not opening. You're not opening the door. Mm. The narrative is everything. And the bad thing is people confuse feelings with facts. Feelings are not facts. If you feel like you're not going to find something out there, it's not a fact. That's just the story you told yourself with emotional lacing of my comfort is so deep that anything to shake that is not worth experiencing. So you convince yourself You've to believe in yourself. Fact. And if you convinced yourself, you can unconvince yourself. We need to not just break up with the people who wrong us, but break up with the feelings that wrong us. And for so long, those feelings that wrong us are told by us. If you wanted to get better at tennis, 
you wouldn't practice basketball, you know, <laughs> specificity is everything. So if you want to get better at learning your value, learning your boundaries, you have to practice that self-communication comes back to that. Mm. Just because you tell yourself a story doesn't mean it's true. And just because you tell yourself a story doesn't mean you can't change it. It takes effort. It's hard. Yes, but it is relatively simple. It takes consistent practice over time. We can't expect to upend the uh, lack of optimal mental health that we've instilled in ourselves. But it starts with a single step. You know, it takes effort on your part. It doesn't have to be perfect. But so many people say, because I can't be at the finish line now, I'm not going to train for the race. Yeah. Everyone wants to hang out at the finish line without running the race, mental health, business relationships. Everyone wants to have the perfect, you know, white picket fence marriage. Everyone All wants right. to have the million dollar podcast. Everyone wants to have this, but no one wants to suck. No one wants to struggle. It sucks. It does suck. Yeah. But you ha growth is the exciting part. The finish line is the, uh, you know, that's the effect of growth, mm. but people are uncomfortable with change. They're uncomfortable with uncertainty and they're uncomfortable with growth because growth hurts. I feel like there's also, there's so much more reward knowing that you had to go through that journey rather than just hanging out on the finish line. But sure. I, I also think that that's, but you have to learn, I guess you have to go through those obstacles and overcome an obstacle yourself to be like, wow, mm -hmm. like this feels so much different than if I would have just, you could say, oh man, I wish I lived in that condo, which trust me, of course I love to live in a beautiful condo overseeing the beach, but knowing if I can build, like, what did I go through to get there? I feel like that's so much more rewarding of that journey to overcome everything to, in order to, to get there. I think there's beauty in the journey and I go with the process and itself, even though it's juices in the journey, juices in the journey. Yeah. We, we had someone say that. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dr. Hisi. Um, but I think the struggle in itself is, is I think what, what makes us human or what's make, what, what makes the journey really rewarding. And then you can apply that to anything. And, uh, just if you could just snap your finger and just have everything you wanted, would it be really that rewarding? No, you would just it would just be mundane and it just eh, be whatever. Yeah, exactly. You would kind of not really appreciate it as much. But when you work your way up the ladder and and going through the struggle and the and, and the pain and the agony, and you make it and you look back, man, I really overcame this. I really got through this. Whether it is school, your relationships, uh, your business, your finances, whatever it is, looking back is a it's a beautiful thing. You know? It really is, and, and I think. People, people say they want things, but I'm okay with wanting things as long as you're honest with yourself. I would love to have a penthouse on that condo. I also know I'm not going to do right now what it takes to get that. I'm going to be honest with myself. I'm currently not dedicating my life to get that penthouse. Yes, it would be nice to just kind of have maybe, but yeah. like I know I'm not going to put in the work for that. My life path is where my life path mm -hmm. is, and that's what I'm focused on. So don't lie to yourself and say you want things you aren't willing to work for, you know? You can't, you, you got, because you're just creating more stress in your life. You're, you're creating extra stuff that you're not even doing anything about. It's like trying to drive the car from the back seat. You're not, <laughs> you know, you need to take control and say, okay, what am I actually going to do? Mm. If you're not actually going to do it, it doesn't have space in your head because we have such a limited capacity now, even driving here. I'm like looking at all the billboards, the cars are so much, and I'm listening to you, the podcast and there's so much sensory overload. Focus on what you can control. Stop telling yourself all these little things. You know, if you truly wanted it, you could, if you wanted to, but be honest, it's not a urgent, it's not a priority right now. What is, and focus on that, you know? Man, I like that. This is insightful, man. Thank you so much. Like, cause I, and, and this is, this is the beauty of what we do. What we do is just to bring on people and have these discussions because there's so many people out there who can 
who can relate or, or who maybe they don't have the type of people in their life that, that could install that kind of wisdom onto them. And so I think this is kind of what we started this and, and, and really making an impact, helping people, regardless if it's just one person or a hundred or whatever it is. And and that's kind of the, the journey that we're on right now. I and love that. Yeah. And there's a lot that we have, you know, we, we have so many goals and visions and stuff like that, but sometimes you got to <laughs> take a step back and, and be appreciative and, and be grateful for where we are versus where we started and then where we're going. So... I wanted to ask you, Chris, um, kind of shift gears a little bit. What was your upbringing like, like when you were born? Because So you were born with... Uh, I was born with a physical disability. I hate calling it a disability because it's, okay, yeah. it's like it's not. You know, it's like, like I have a disability, but I'm not disabled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But So you were born like this. So how was it growing up? Like, did you have any obstacles for, for yourself maybe to... Um, as you grew up, maybe physical obstacles, or then I guess your upbringing, like maybe with your family as well as friends. How, how was that growing up? So... I definitely, I grew up in a, a pretty crappy area, but like I grew up with the people I grew up with. So they knew me as that's just how I was. People made fun of my hand, but I just thought that's just what it was, you know, that that's how I live. And I tried to pretend like I was hard, you know, and uh, I ended up learning to hide my hand. Uh, specific case, there was a girl named Crystal and I was in middle school and I was like, I'm going to ask this girl out, you know, like it's going to be my first girlfriend. I'm, I got the courage to go in front of the class and ask her out. And I went up to her desk and all my friends were laughing. I turned around, I'm like, stop, you know, I'm like, I'm about to get this girl. I turn around and she's making fun of my residual limb with a stapler calling me claw boy in front of the whole class. Cause that's the two fingers I have on my residual limb. And I shoved my hand in my pocket and I kept it there for almost 10 years. And when I say that people are like, Oh, you hit your handle up. No, I, when I went to Washington, D.C. for a school field trip, I almost got arrested because I refused to take my hand out of my pocket. I swam in the ocean with my hand in my pocket. I did the P.E. test with my hand in my pocket. I got in my first fight uh, with my hand in my pocket, and I lost because I would rather get hit and lose than take my hand out of my pocket. So I'm very used to body image issues or anything like right. that, and I understand what it feels like, you know, by the same token – you guys have the exact same story as me. You went through some shit, you got over some shit and more shit's coming, <laughs> you know? Right. So when you break down everyone's story to the bare bones, we all have a very similar story, but so sometimes we want to say, Oh, but I had it worse. Like it's a competition, you know, like yeah, it's true. you, you want me to relieve the responsibility of you making your story better by comparing it to mine. And I could tell my story any way I want. I could tell you a story and make you guys tear up. I could tell you a story and make you laugh with the same story. The only difference was my perspective and my choice on how I tell it to you guys and how I tell it to myself. Uh, this was recent. This was kind of recent when you kind of opened up again. It was. So about four years ago, uh, I was still hiding my disability. I wore In a glove. Pockets, I, yeah, I wore a glove over my hand. Okay. And I was just known as the guy with the glove, you know. Uh, I played drums. I did martial arts. I did all kinds of stuff. I shoved a drumstick through the finger hole of a glove and played four years on my drum line. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, I did everything you could to the point where people grew to accept my discomfort as confidence. I got so comfortable being fake confident, hiding in front of, I hid in plain sight. Yeah. A lot of people do that. You see people smile like that's the happiest person I've ever seen. You don't know that. That's just a story you told yourself about them. Robin Williams, people like that. You never know. You never know what people are struggling with. For me, I my confidence was a way to hide my depression. It was a way to hide my anxiety. And I lived that way for a very long time. And I told myself, 
uh, I don't think I'm ever going to stop hiding my disability unless I get a prosthetic arm, which it's almost impossible. This is $150,000. So very expensive. Yeah. So the likelihood of getting approved for this in the United States is very hard. One day I finally got it approved and I'm a man of my word. So I decided to make a YouTube video, basically my coming out video, like taking the glove off that went viral on Reddit and YouTube. Washington Post covered it. Uh, eventually The Rock reached out with the TV show. Uh, and from that day, I was I was thrown in the deep end and it was the best thing that could ever happen because I got thousands of messages, people saying, oh, I'm uncomfortable, I'm unconscious, you know, I'm self-conscious about this. Or mm. it made me realize not only was I not alone, I had a job to do. Like I vow to be the person I never really had growing up to help me see my value for what it is. And I, I talk about it on stage all the time when I get hired to do events. If you saw a hundred dollar bill on the ground and it was crumpled up and dirty, you'd pick that shit up. <laughs> you know, yeah. you wouldn't be like, uh, don't like that one. Cause you recognize the value. But the second we have a defect mentally, physically, emotionally in ourselves, we're like, uh, my value is less. I'm no longer a hundred. I'm 80. That girl broke up with me. I'm 60. Yeah. Yeah. I can the see that. The only difference was you decided to lower your value because you're the only one that can set that bar. And when you set that bar, you live your life accordingly to the story that you placed on yourself. Jesus. Yeah. I, I wanted, <laughs> I, what I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about, um, you say, coincident, you said breakup. How, how was dating for you when you were younger and even maybe even now? Like, have you ever had any struggles because you were so... For a while, you were you were afraid of what people thought of you. How did that impact your your dating? Wait, but, before asking. you go into that, is that why you were were you always into fitness? No, I got into fitness right after I got diagnosed with diabetes at nineteen. Oh, so so you did it more for the health side, or I I did it because uh, it's just super competitive. I was like, I can't be this disabled diabetic yeah, kid, yeah. so I have to like do something. And then someone told me, you know, you can't really work out because you're a one handed guy living in a two handed world. Like machines are made for not you. <laughs> And I found a way I adapted. So, uh, I wanted to be a bodybuilder, you know, for so long I saw the magazines and stuff and yeah. it took a long time. So in the middle of trying to bodybuild, I ended up found powerlifting. That's where I got competitive, getting up to a 675 pound deadlift. And then I finally got big enough to do my first bodybuilding show last year. Yeah. I saw the pictures. Yeah. Nasty. It was crazy. Yeah. But after 15 years, you know, I ended up winning first place and it was cool, but it's like, damn, I, I accomplished that goal. And for me, the stage, the trophy, it's a $5 trophy. I could buy it myself if I uh, wanted to. Yeah. It, it was like every kid who lived that life that I was, you know, saw me and they're like, maybe I can. Yeah. And that maybe I can moment is what drives me like every day, you know? You know, I, I was wondering because, um, because obviously you growing up and, and, and with the disability, I, it, it's almost like, well, maybe you tried to compensate for it. Definitely. There was lots of oh, overcompensation for sure. It, to the point where like, Anything I did was competitive. If I, like I skateboarded, I wanted to be the best skateboarder. It's almost like I never felt enough. So I had to prove to everyone around me that I was, you know, really? and that extremist of wanting to be successful, wanting to be seen as successful. I was fighting for other people's acceptance, even if I already had it just because I wouldn't give it to myself. But I wanted to control the way people thought about me. And like yeah. that, that's a very manipulative thing to try and control how people see you, you know, because I, I could have let that aside and be like, how do I see myself? I would have lived a lot more quality of life in my head. I still did stuff that might've helped people. But if I could go back, I would start from the ground up. I wouldn't start building the roof and work yeah. my way down, you know? Mm. No, cause I'm thinking, cause it's almost like you would do all, all of that. It would almost bring more attention to you 
yet you would hide. Hiding in plain sight was my thing. I performed. I was a dancer for a long time. Uh, this guy did everything. <laughs> everything but sports. I'm the only guy that doesn't like sports. I swear to God. Really? I got a degree in exercise science, and I, I hate sports. It's really weird. But I, I danced. I did uh, martial arts, drumming, anything creative. Um, but I would perform in front of my school. Yeah. And it's almost like I got ahead of the eyes. Yeah. Make you look at me because of what I'm doing, not because of how I look. Mm, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I redirected the narrative away from it and I made it so uncomfortably comfortable for people. No one would dare ask me. I never had people ask me about my hand. Once I got that confidence of like, this is who I am, you know, I'm the guy with the glove and that's what it is. But it, it, it's almost like, well, you're more than just the glove. Like because of for so long, I felt like that though. There was times I didn't go to school cause I couldn't find my glove. Really? My parents wouldn't even dare question. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it got that bad, and that's why I say when I when I talk to people today, whether it's corporations or individuals, uh, relationships, anything like that, you got to know you first. Yeah. We're so busy trying to have other people fill our holes, like in with like emotionally, not physically, maybe physically, but you know, <laughs> we're, we're so busy trying holes. to have people fill that gap. Like, no one can complete something that's your job to complete. Yeah, but that's the hard work. No one wants to do that, of yeah. course. Like. If I want water, I would love someone to bring it to me. Yeah. But sometimes you got to get out yourself. Most of the times you do. So I'm yeah. sorry. So I, I tangent out on that one because I, I want to get some, some groundwork. So okay. you also mentioned relationships. So in your upbringing and even till today has, I guess, the disability even from younger, was that even, did that ever hinder you? Obviously other than Crystal, that bitch. Yeah. Other yeah. than her. Uh, any other, any other issues? Like how has that been for you? So uh, surprisingly, I've been like, kind of like a serial monogamist in a sense, you know, I've always had long relationships okay. uh, with two girls for five plus years. And then I had like a two year relationship. And now I'm in like the healthiest relationship I've been in. But uh, I would say the hardest part about dating was myself and they were dating a fabricated version of me. So anytime I look back in relationships I had, I tried to be the best version of what I thought they needed, not the truest version of myself. I wanted to check all the boxes that they needed. And while they might have been happy in the moment, they were never truly happy because they never got me. They got a false representation of me. Do you feel like you were maybe so focused on everything on that checklist? Like, oh, I got to be perfect because if I'm not, maybe they would not want to be with me because maybe I feel like I'm lacking something because of your ability. hundred percent. I truly believed if I gave them my real version of me, they wouldn't be happy with it. You were faking it until you made it. And I never made it because it was never me, you know? And I, I went to therapy and I really like had to work on myself last few years. And I was like, everyone loves me, you know, like people think I'm so charismatic. Everyone loves me. I, I love that. And she's like, no, they don't. She's like, no one loves you because no one knows you. They love the version of you that you put out. And I was just like, why'd you just have to ruin my life like that? You know? But don't you think if you would have been the true you, they still would have loved you for who you are? I do now. I do now. At the time, time, I refused to accept that because I didn't accept me. That self-narrative wasn't there. Starts with yourself. That's it. So, but looking back, the reason those relationships didn't really succeed was because they never had me. They never knew me. You know, I didn't know me. So- That's why when I talk about anything from like overcoming adversity at a high level or even relationships, it starts with you. And that sounds so cliche, but I truly mean if you don't know you and what you want, not society, what society tells you you want or what you think you should or shouldn't have. 
if you don't unlock like who you are and what you want, you'll never be happy because you're chasing something that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, your, your level, if you have check boxes that you didn't put there yourself or you put there because of you felt you weren't enough from the past things you didn't heal from, like you guys said, you're checking boxes that don't matter to you. True. True. So it's my, my relationship now is one of those communication things. And it, it's crazy to be with someone who is so open about fixing the problem. It's not you versus me. It's us versus the problem type situation, you know? And you listen to a couple of podcasts in a a situation like that. It's crazy to say like, Oh, I have an issue or this made me feel this way. Instead of saying, that's not what I meant. It's like, I can see how that made you feel. Let's talk about that. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. Yeah. Whoa this is crazy. Like no one does. I'm that. not used to this. I'm, this is, we're South Florida, right? Like this is weird. <laughs> yeah, you know? for sure. But it, it's cool. And it made you realize like healthy communication is one of the best things you could ever have in a relationship. But until you have that self-communication, you're not giving your part, you know? And I heard another part of your podcast where you're talking about 50, 50, giving 50, 50 mm. or giving a hundred, hundred. Yeah. If we only choose to give 50, which is. The only issue I have with that is if you could have gave 100 and you gave 50 and they could have gave 50 and they gave 50, there's a discrepancy. Mm, right. Because like there's a discrepancy. Because they're, they're putting 100. They're putting 100. And guess what? If you can only give 30 and you give 30, I respect that so much more than the person who can give 100 and only gives 50. Because it's true. a choice. And when you choose to give your all, which yeah. I think you can always give your all, even if it's at a lesser capacity, yeah. your all might only be 10 today and it might be 1,000 tomorrow. The difference is a choice. And if you're choosing to give your partner less, you're choosing to be less in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And that that's almost self-sabotage to your relationship. And I think it also waters down the relationship in itself because, it well, now it's like, are we really fully committed to this? Because yeah. if I'm giving it all my all and you're kind of holding back, what does that tell me about the situation that we're in right now? And But people do it with their jobs. They do it with everything. Oh, mm-hmm. if you're not working, I'm not going to do my job. Yeah. No, it's not conditional. You give your all all the time. And if you do everything you know you need to and that relationship doesn't work out, you can walk away with that internal closure knowing, mm-hmm. one, it wasn't you. And two, you did what you needed to do. But if you are are matching other people, you have this conditional philosophy yeah. about love or care. If your life is conditional, you're living externally. And if you're living externally, you'll never have internal happiness, which is the only thing you'll ever feel. Everything might feel good, almost like drugs. It might feel good for a second, but then you're chasing that high, whether it's sex, drugs, uh, a small moment. We're so close to the wall that we can't see the bigger picture. And we hyper-focus on the small moments that are good and wash away the big moments that are bad because you're not willing to take a step back and be like, damn, this isn't working for me. I'm not working for me. You know, We're so quick to point fingers. And it's like, how about take care of you first and then evaluate? Yeah, I always think, uh, I always say effort is the number one most important thing. I think that's the most attractive quality anyone could ever have. And when when someone asks me, like, what's what's your biggest turn on? Effort and desire. Effort and desire. And desire not just sexually, but effort. Literally showing effort towards your partner. On the other side of the spectrum, the biggest turnoff is a lack of effort. Yeah. Where you oh, could yeah. have done something and you didn't. You chose exactly. not to. You chose not to. Exactly. That choice. The power ah. of choice is so vital in a relationship and it's like i didn't feel like it okay there's tons of stuff i don't feel like doing and i still do it because i know one it matters to my partner and two it the relationship matters to me you know i i do stuff because 
bringing the person I care about pleasure in a way that's still within my boundaries, got to say that, is yeah. vital, you know? It's, I think it's a very slippery slope because I like to, to translate uh, effort to everything. So if you were to show me very low effort on one thing, what else are you not going to put your, your, your full effort towards? Yeah. So if it's something that's very serious or maybe something important to me, important to us, but you showed me that you have the capacity to not put full effort, I start to question, well, what if the time gets tough? Yeah. Am I going to be able to count on you to put your all in order for us, for this to work or for whatever I, I, it may be? I get that for sure. And I, uh, my, my therapist called it uh, catastrophizing, basically taking something and running with it, you know? Yeah. Um, now, does that mean it's true? No. Because what happens if it was a slip up? What happens if your value set is different? You guys didn't communicate it effectively. And the person. A lot of factors, yeah. You know, put in the effort they thought was relative. But for you, that was monumental. And for them, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be things that offend them that don't offend you. And by you saying, oh, that didn't mean anything. You just offended that person. You just invalidated that person. Same way, if they were to say, no, that effort, that it didn't matter. I was just like, you know, I was just on autopilot. To them, it was nothing. To you, it was everything. So yeah. communication, making sure you guys know your value sets. What are your non-negotiables? What are the things that would offend you beyond belief? And that's that's your duty as a partner to understand what makes your person tick and what makes your person turn off. And that's why communication is so important. And we've kind of lost that art of communication today because of the unhealthy way we communicate through social media and highlight reels and all that stuff. So <laughs> I think it's really important to understand when you get in a relationship, what makes your partner tick and are you paying attention? You know? Yeah. I think a lot of it, it comes down to also the character of, of, of your partner and that person, because you had just said, you know, maybe it, it was important to me and I put max effort, but for you, it wasn't, maybe you were on autopilot. Yeah. I think once we, if you're able to understand the character of your partner, which that's, that's the, the goal, that's the objective. You want to get to the true character of the partner. Cause that's who they are. That's the, to their bones. That's who they are. Because then you're able to then say, well, I put max effort and I, I guess you're, you're more understanding. You're more empathetic for sure on their end of what they're willing to provide Absolutely. and what they're willing to put up. And But again, that all comes down to knowing you're effectively communicating, but then getting to the point of knowing who that their character is. Because without that, it can just be smoke and mirrors or you're never like, what are you really discussing with your partner? That's that you haven't gone to the bottom of what what their character is. I'm about to say something that's like might offend a lot of people. Um, I don't think people want to get to know their partner uh, in, in a lot of cases. I don't think people want to get to know their partner. I think people want to make that person into the ideal partner. I think people are obsessed with the idea of a partner. So they take all of the bad and throw it away and they take the good and like make it look better. So they don't want to truly get to know you. They want you to be the person they need. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, some people, they, they love the idea of someone. That it, they get obsessed with yeah it. like what this person could do for my life what they can bring to it was could. yeah could. exactly could but they don't take the people at face value nope you got you can't be falling in love with potential <sighs> you know you gotta that, you gotta you, you can't gotta, fall you, in love with potential and that's a big one that in in people are like oh they could be this person i know they're a good person deep down deep down, deep you, down honestly, really you're, deep. you're literally making excuses yeah. you gotta stop making excuses for the people that stopped giving you effort oh, you know man, yeah and I, I, I had a conversation with someone yesterday and they're like, if they were just, if they would just, and I said, if they were just different, mm. if they were just not them, they would be perfect. Do you hear how that sounds? If they would just do this, if they would, if they were just not them, you, you're, you're giving yourself the answer on what you need to do. 
easier said than done, better done than said. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> You're creating a narrative, you know, you're not taking them for face value. Now, there are going to be times where you have to discuss things like I've had situations where I'm like, oh, that that hurt me or that offended me. We talk about it and it's good, you yes. know, so pay attention to what they do after that. Pay attention to what they do after you communicate, because that's where they'll show you their effort and that's where they'll show you their true person. And uh, I think we do fall in love with potential. And we make stories for ourselves. We have this Disneyfication yeah. of who they could be, you know, like everyone wants to have that home run, you know, but no one's willing to go do all the miss the miss all of the yeah, yeah, to get yeah. there, you know, and that's it's the unfortunate part about life. And I also think it's hard. Some people are just in denial that they were someone that. They give them, they put in the time, the work, and it's been whatever months and years, and it's like, and they realize oh. deep down, this is not the person for me. But it's so hard to accept that this is not the person. Oh. You know, are you, I'm no, sorry. no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's, it's frustrating because you know what I think? It's because you had said something about face value, but yeah. we also have to be careful because we always want to, like, our first impression, we always say, well, it's, that's the most important. You know, the first True. impression is key. <laughs> you know, so we always like to kind of fluff up or, or give, deliver our best package, you would say to that person so they can see, oh, well, let me, let me kind of be the best that I can be. But is that who you are every day? You know what I mean? And I yeah. think that's where you have to be careful because I think what happens in relationships, they fall in love with who they mean. Mm -hmm. And then at first it's great. Yeah. And you're putting all this effort that sometimes it's not really who you are. You're just trying to be the best version of you for your partner, yeah. mm -hmm. but you know that you can't sustain that forever. So then what happens? It starts to go down. Your true self starts to come out. And then you start holding on to the person who they were yeah. when you met them. Yeah. You're holding on and to the feeling is, you had. You and know? that is the person that in your head exists. Why aren't they doing this? Well, that's because they're not that person. But that's very difficult to grasp because you thought that who you first met was that person. But that was just them trying their hardest to impress you. For sure. And I think there's there's a combination of the, that person being different with the initial excitation and feeling of something new and shiny. Yeah. You know? People, it, it's almost like people create an expectation of wanting to get back to that first feeling because people think about relationships statically. They, they think they're fixed instead of like growth based, you know, it's dynamic. Your, your feelings are going to change and not change in a negative way, but your, your things are going to change. You guys yeah. are going to grow as a couple, yeah. as individuals. And if you can't grow to accept change, you're constantly trying to chase something that you'll never get back to. Or then you become one of those people that loves falling in love initially. I was one of those people in like the, between my relationships where I was like, I love the excitation and it's gone. Excitation and then it's gone. What are you chasing? You know, you're chasing that, that you're not, it's not real. That's not yeah. the person. That's the person's resume. And the resume is designed to look really perfect. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah, well, what's helped me is um, just delivering my true self and whether you like it or not. That. It's, it's a, a, okay. Like, you don't like me? Okay. But this is who I am. And if you do, Cool. Awesome. I know what I bring to the table. Yes. It's whether you're willing to accept me for who I am. And if you are great, let's see if this can work. If you don't, my job is not to force you. It's not to think that I am. My job is to just move somewhere else. Like, Hey, okay, this isn't going to work. Hey, cool. Nice to meet you. Move on. Yeah. But to now have to feel like I need to force that to work. I think that's the issue because instead of you just being, well, this is who I am. Yes or no. Okay. Now we have a decision, but if I now want to pretend I'm someone, in order to try to convince you and force it, I think that's the downfall for a lot of a lot of relationships. Oh, man, I, some really good some really good pointers that we've discussed. Um, it's it's it really comes down to like that personal choice, and you really gotta be honest with yourself and ask yourself: Is this the direction that I want my life to go with this person? 
And a lot of times, you know, you have to, it's, it's a, it's a hard decision to ask. You said, you said something, you're like, oh, people, you know, they get in relationships, they spend six months, a year, you know, they spend time, you know, mm-hmm. invest, invested, but I'm going to ask this. And this is one of those moments where you just like kind of go in your bathroom and you're like, oh, <laughs> is it love or is it momentum? Momentum. Is it love or mo- is it momentum? You spent six months, a year, five years with this person. I have to stay with them because I've been with them for so long. That's not love. That's momentum. You've spent time. You In the beginning, it was so exciting, yeah. and now it's fallen off, and now it's not appealing to you, and now it's breaking your boundaries. But like, it, but it's good. you know. But I'm like, you're in momentum. You're not in love. You, know? you're, you love where it's going. You just don't love what it is. You love where it could go. You just don't love what it is. And that's the problem. We get addicted to the idea of where it could be, even if the trajectory is completely off. And I also think, no, no, no. I also think that people they go through really, really like bad times, and they they take themselves to that one good weekend, that one good positive thing that this person. Oh, they're not that bad. They 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 have some good in them, and they they cling on to a version of this person that really no longer exists, or certainly hasn't been that way for some time. But it's so hard for them to accept that maybe I made a mistake in choosing this person because they have to be a good person because they were good three weeks ago. That one weekend that was good. It's like a roller coaster, and they're holding on to those those highs, even though there's a lot of bad bad times. And you know, it's not always going to be perfect. But when you have to think back, when was the last time we were happy? And it takes you, you know, days, weeks, and and, and months for the last time you guys were happy. That's a problem. It is a huge problem, and highs are relative in a low situation, you know? You so yeah. if you think about it, like, oh, but that high, was just, it was just so good. I'm like, yeah. tell me about it. Well, we were watching a movie and he smiled at me. You've lowered your standards yeah. so much that your high is what you would consider bare minimum in any other situation. If you walked in this room and this big wall behind me was a painting that you hated, you know it's bad, you don't like it, but you got so close to it that you just saw a speck of blue and you were like, I like blue. Mm-hmm. you're choosing to hyper fixate on finding the one speck that you can appreciate when in reality you positioned yourself to not see the bad crazy right yeah. and we do that in relationships we do that when jobs we do it in everything we we change our perspective we magnify things that we want to appreciate because we don't want to acknowledge that we don't like it that's a great analogy with the picture. I just came up with it, so I'm glad it worked. Did, did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just spot on. I'm like, oh, there's a wall. <laughs> and and a lot of this stuff, like it's, I don't speak on a podium in the sense, a lot of times when I talk, it's like I'm talking to myself. Yeah. I know what I wanted to hear, who I needed to be. I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I let a lot of my issues become other people's issues. Mm-hmm. I bled on a lot of people that didn't deserve it. And I just refuse to do it anymore. You know, I'm not perfect. I will mess up and I own up to my mistakes now, but communication is everything. And like, I still get my down moments. You know, this was super exciting for me to come on with you guys because for a while I kind of fell off, you know, I I was like, I was like, uh, I haven't been doing podcasts as much. I haven't been reaching out. I'm like, let me get outside of my comfort zone and reach out, you know? And I, I love stuff like that. So sometimes, you know, just the littlest things can be so monumental to you, but it starts with you. Uh, don't expect people to fix the problems you're not willing to face. That's true. That's true. It's not. It's not their responsibility, anyways. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, other people can't fix your your own mistakes and and you know the things that you you control your life, man. As 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 simple as it sounds, it it's not as always easy. But uh, 
you know, you, you, you got to do it. You, you said it. it. It's not easy, but it is simple. And it's worth it. And it's worth for the life that you want to live, you know. For sure. And so a lot of those steps, man. Thank you so much for coming on. You I brought appreciate some you guys. great insight. I'm inspired. Oh, yeah. No, cool. I, I, was, I was thinking to what you were saying. I'm trying to kind of put it together in my head. If not, we'll cut this shit out. <laughs> hey, you're good. <laughs> it might not make sense. Um, no, because uh, you were saying uh, when you're in a relationship and, and it's momentum, you know, because mm. when you're there, it, it prolongs and it's like, oh, well, I don't want to let this go because we've been doing it for so long yeah. already. Like it's, it, it's going to be a waste. Yeah. And I think of it as there was another analogy where it's like, oh, well, you don't want to do this course or that you don't want to go back to school. It's going to take you four years or whatever. And you think it's going to take so long. Uh, you don't want to go through that. But four years are going to pass. You know what I mean? Whether you do the course mm -hmm. or not. And I kind of want to tie it into that relationship because you think, you know what? Oh, but, you know, it's momentum. We keep, I don't want to lose it, but I don't want to start over. You know, uh, it's going to be difficult. You know, four years, a year is going to pass. Yeah. It's up to you whether you want to continue that year with that person that you're no longer happy with or say, well, you know, I need to start over. I need to, I need to cut this out. Time is still going to pass. Yeah. yeah. So it's just not going to be with this person anymore. So, so much is going to happen. Same analogy they did with the door. You open the door, you won't know until it's over there, but you got to take that step. You and do. until you do that, you won't know what's out there and you won't really be able to, to take advantage of that freedom that you give to yourself to do whatever it is that you want to do. I'll ask you this right now. Are you willing to waste five years of your life? Am I willing to waste five years of my Probably life? Probably not. I don't want to waste five years. Of course, years of if my you life. had to choose, like, will I waste five years of my life, yes or no, you'd probably say no. Okay. Yeah, no. Probably. Would you waste 10 minutes? Probably. And people waste 10 minutes and mm. then they waste a day and then they waste a year. And that's mm. what happens in relationships. Mm. It's because you don't see the bigger picture. You're so small minded with like what's going on. I just got to get through the day. They weren't that bad. Uh, just Or just go to sleep. We'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. You're trying again tomorrow on something that'll never work. Yeah, but tomorrow's been happening for you the last You are wasting months, five but, years. Mm -hmm. You're wasting five years actively, you know? And when that five years comes, because time passes no matter what, I wish I would have did something different five years ago. Instead of, that's still damaging, because instead of saying, I wish I would have done something five years ago, you can actively say, I'm going to do something different now. Today. That's much more yeah. powerful than anything else you can do. You know, people are so afraid to make a change. They're, they're so afraid to like do something like that. You're already unhappy. They're like, I'm afraid of being unhappy. You are. What do you mean? You're afraid of what's currently happening. That's like being scared and you're in the middle of a haunted house. Like you're already here. <laughs> you know, you can you can stay or you can go either way. You're going to be afraid. But one of them has a way out. The other one, you're stuck with feeling yeah. what you're feeling. Yeah, you like know? What are you going to do about it? You know, are it's you not gonna, easy, but it is simple. We talked about that. You know, simple. you have to do something. You have to position yourself. You, it's crazy that people just accept being in pain. They accept being hurt. They accept being unhappy. And they tell themselves the narrative of it's okay. I can deal with it. Dealing with it. No one wants to end their life saying I dealt with it. Oh, it is so true. That's so sad. It doesn't have to be, though, and that's yeah. the good part. Whatever is sad can be good if you change the narrative, you know? Self-communication. Communicate with yourself. Communicate with the people around you. Cut people off, you know? What's that phrase? You know, let the bridges that are on fire light the way, you know? Mm -hmm. Cut people off. <laughs> Cut people off. That's not – I don't want to be seen as a bad person. Maybe you should stop trying to manipulate people and seeing you for whatever they see you as because guess what? Other people's opinion of you is not your business. 
it's not your business. It's not your responsibility has nothing to do with you. And you're controlling and people pleasing in a way to try and control what people think about you. Yeah. It's like you, you change who you truly are in order for their narrative to change about you. But now you're change. It's not you anymore. Like now it's not you. It's not, it's this facade that you put up in order for you to get a reaction or a response from them. But it's not you. I just want them to like me. How do you know they like you? I don't know. You guys like me. I don't know. You could not, or you could, but either way, I don't know. And it's not my responsibility because I know I'm bringing my mm -hmm. authentic self and doing what I can. So instead of living externally and trying to see what's in your guys's head, you could tell me, but that doesn't mean it's the truth. Yeah. It is a waste of time to try and control what people think about you. It's a waste of time to try and change people's minds. There will always be someone who doesn't like what you guys do. There'll always be someone who doesn't like what I do. And that sucks. I would love for them to like what I do, but I'm not for everyone and you're not for everyone. No one's for everyone. And are you going to let that person not liking you stop you from doing, what from you doing everything? Do. Let me stop what I'm doing because I got to make sure this one guy likes me yeah, yeah. in order for, you to, for me to move on. Because Choices. clearly he doesn't like me. I'm doing something wrong. That and it's the narrative. It, uh, it always And I love to bring it back to that concept. I say it so much. People are like, it can't be that easy. Or maybe it is. And we just hate knowing that we could have done something a long time ago and we never did. Could have done more. It sucks. And sooner. It sucks. But mm. now is the soonest time you could do something. Now is the soonest time. So the question for everyone is, what are you going to do? If you're not currently happy in your situation, are you going to do something? If not, accept it and deal with it or change your perspective so you can find the, make the most of it. But I invite you to try. Yeah. And if you're not, you're going to find every excuse in the world to not do it. You know, I can't because I'm too old or, you know, I have kids or, you know, like we've been together for too long or whatever it is. You know, I've been at this job for too long. I can't leave. I have bills. Whatever it is, you'll, you'll, you'll always find an excuse. But if you're going to make it happen, you're going to find a way. I applaud people who do that because I'm like, damn, look at this script you made. You made such an impressive script with all the reasons why you can't yeah. do anything. <laughs> From start to finish, you created an, a masterpiece of a movie. It just sucks that the main character, you sucks yeah. <laughs> right. now imagine if you rewrote that script with the same energy and effort with you winning at the end you already made a choice to make it once let's see what you can do the other way you know you remember that one time that you were so bothered by that one guy who gave you a bad feedback on the book you wrote yeah i've yeah, been you, there bro i i've been there and then he i remember he would talk, he, he wrote to me he goes man it's so frustrating because you know like i pour my heart out you know in my book and stuff like that and so many other people love it but this one guy doesn't like it and i'm like uh. That, that, say that again, that. but slower. And that's when he's like, oh, that's right. I'm like, yeah, bro, who cares about this one guy? Like, you're not for everybody, and you don't yeah. want to be for everybody. Like, that's there's nothing special about not being for Like, you want to make sure that you're touching the right people yeah. that, that you know it's going to impact. And for those who don't care, ignore them. That's not your market. That's not the audience you're trying to, 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 to please. Please yourself. You know, handle what makes you happy. Do that. And the fact that you even put the book together, that you you did all the work to publish it, to put it out there, to promote it. And then you felt people so impacted by it, but you're choosing this one little fucker. Yeah. And his negative it's, feedback. It's, it's crazy because- Dictate yeah, you, 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 because you put a lot of time and you've been there. You put a lot yeah. of time and energy into creating something. And then and we've done it even here. And then for some fucking dipshit, or actually maybe they're not a dipshit, maybe whatever. <laughs> if we have to say- you know, like this is, you know, this is bullshit or whatever. And it's like, it's at the first, now I'm a little bit better, but yeah, Chris is right. It, it hurts because you're putting your time and energy into something, but then you have to realize the big picture. Not everybody's going to, is going to love what you do. And that's okay. And they oh, don't have is. to. It is. I, lo I love to reframe stuff just yeah. so everyone gets it. 
it only hurts if you allow it to. Mm, that's true. Yeah. And the best way I put that is like, if I asked you guys, uh, flat tire, what kind of emotions come around with a flat tire? Oh, I know where this is going. You know, <laughs> what kind of emotions? Uh, frustrated. Frustrated. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Anything like that. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you that's a lie. Because when you drive by someone with a flat tire, you don't feel shit. (laughs) You don't feel shit. Yeah, if that, you're just like, oh, get out of my way. Like, you know, but it only matters because it happens to you. And it's the narrative you choose to give yourself (laughs) because the the event itself doesn't matter because how many people have gotten a bad review on their book? You don't care, but it happened to you. Yeah, It happened to me. And I hated that because I wanted acceptance. And thousands of people said my book was good. But the one person that said, eh, I'm like, what do you mean, eh? Yeah, like tell me, what like what, what was so bad? About Everyone's it? like, you changed my life. This is so good, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that guy, what did you? Why yeah, didn't like you like it? it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and we we hyperfixate on things that like kind of hurt us, and we we just it's that that fear of not being good enough, that fear of like, oh, is this as good as I needed it to be? Mm, yeah, and that fear is brought out by that one comment, so we choose to look at it, and what we focus on magnifies, and we focus on that. I dude, I get you 100. percent Yeah. Uh, I had that happen where I spoke to thousands of people at an event, one of my biggest events, and the cameraman got some cool video. I was like, oh, thanks so much. I was like, oh, did you, you know, like the talk? He's like, oh, I don't like that motivational stuff. And I was just like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? People are literally lined up to sign books and like take pictures. And I'm like, why was I, was I not good? Yeah. You know, everyone is raving, but I'm yeah. so focused on that one. Cause it's like, we, there's moments of weakness where we don't believe in ourselves. you know? Yeah. We're, we're quick to doubt ourselves. We want to put out the best product, but there's still that validation we need. Um, no one can hurt you without your permission. And I think that's really important to understand. If someone called you a giraffe, you'd be like, you're fucking on Flocka or something. Yeah, crazy, okay. you know? But if someone said you're a bad writer, you're like, ooh, that hurt. Right. Why did one hurt and not the other? Because one, you didn't care about. And one, you chose not to let it affect you at all. The other, you chose to let in a little bit. We choose to let things in because we have those internal narratives and dialogues that we set us up. We're predisposed to let certain things hurt us. If someone called me a loser, I wouldn't care. Someone called me a bad speaker. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm, that is true. Yeah, there, there, was an, there was an actress that she had a it was like a, a snippet from like a an interview that she had. And she was she had shared like, if I insulted you in a language that you did not understand. Oh, would it bother I you? I love that. I've never heard You wouldn't heard know. That. They're just words. You know, they don't affect you. You don't even know what it means. So who cares? It only matters the meaning that you put on those words, that you receiving it put the meaning on it. And that's, it's the same thing that you just said. It's you're now allowing permission because you're choosing what's going to hurt you that's and wild. what doesn't. I love that. I love that. The key word is, uh, for both of you guys said it, allow. Allow. And then, and permission. W- yeah, the permission. And, and the same thing, the opposite. You can just deny them. The fact that this is going to affect you and, and, and it's really up to you. I call it comes back down to you full circle. Like that. Like that one, right? Like yeah. that one. All right. We are getting toward, mm-hmm. so we're at an hour. Um, I do want to put a little bit of a spotlight on you. Um, what You are a keynote speaker. You said, you know, gave us like a whole resume for yourself, but I do want to give the stage over to you. Um, what is it that you focus on when you speak to people and, and, and when you have your, your actual events? What is it that you focus on? So as a professional keynote speaker, I get hired by corporations, associations, could nonprofits. Be anybody? Uh, it could be anyone. I speak on three main topics, overcoming adversity, diversity and inclusion, and change management. So those are my, ta- my main topics. I do 
diabetes talks as well, but that's more for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I do for a living. My goal is to eventually help people become keynote speakers because one, it's a lucrative career that you can have like crazy impact. And two, there's communities that I can't penetrate. You know, there's communities I can't speak for women. I can't speak for people of different ethnicities or sexual orientations or different religions. So I want to teach people leaders in those communities how to become leaders. So that's my goal over the next year is to do that. I have another book in the works as well. Awesome. I co-own a protein bar company. I consult for large brands. I do a lot of things that all relate to helping a community see their world without limits. And that's what I'll choose to do for the rest of my life. So any form of content, whether it's podcasting, speaking, exposing authenticity is everything to me. So I appreciate you guys even having me. Of course. No, we're honored to have you. How do you balance your time? Because it seems like you have, a, I don't know if you have a lot on your plate or you're just involved in so many things, but how does a day in life of uh, Chris? Like, what's your uh, schedule like? I yeah. have an insane amount of free time right now. So uh, I position my life. I, I did all of the back end work to get to the point where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. So um, before I was traveling 40 to 60 times a year. I was doing free events to build myself as that D-list celebrity. I became the speaker because I spoke at every event for free. I would take everything because by the time I finished those 30 plus events for free, people were like, oh, who should we get for a speaker? Oh, that guy Chris speaks. So I back it in myself. I got PR and I started doing all these little like uh, news, anything I could. Now I've I've been on People Magazine, two-page spread, you know, like Daily Mail, Washington Post. Like my resume is there because I built it to perceive me as that guy. And then I perfected my content. So uh, now I I work a few hours a month uh, and it's not too much. And I learned how to pitch bigger deals so that I work with companies over the long run because hearing me for an hour is great, but regularly helps me create true impact. So Uh, yeah. I kind of recreated that, um, working more with my protein bar company. So we're doing a little bit more. I manage all the marketing, but I have the free time to finally have the life that I've wanted. So, so you um, have the flexibility. I do. Congratulations. I do. That's yeah. awesome. So right? it's, I allowed myself the freedom as well because I could fill my time with more and more and more abundance, abundance. But I, I was so fortunate to find that moment of like, I'm happy. Something you'll never hear people say in society today. I have enough. And I finally feel that. And it's the best feeling in the world because I don't feel guilty for sitting on the couch and watching TV for an hour, (laughs) you know, but you could, I could, you're right. I could, but I don't. And maybe I will, but right now I won't because I really enjoy myself. That's awesome. That is like true happiness. And it's contentment, man. Like I stopped chasing happiness in general because you can't be happy all the time. Western culture is obsessed with chasing happiness, contentment, you know? Mm. Being okay, being content with downtime and uptime, being content with freedom and, you know, being alone and being with people. If you always think you need something else, you'll never be happy with what you have. And so many people think they need something else. You know, it's because you refuse to accept that where you are right now is good enough because it can be. And it is if you choose it to be. I always look back and I, 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 I compare myself always up. Like, man, my life sucks. This never compare down. Good, yeah. But I never compare down. That's a huge point, dude, you know because I mean? we don't. We refuse to because we're like, but yeah, that doesn't matter. What matters is there. Like, what? Mm. Or am I going to say the word again? Narrative? Like, <laughs> for real, though, you know, imagine being happy enough. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine knowing that everyone listening right now could be happy enough. And 
you can live concurrently being happy enough and striving for more, not or. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to choose between don't, the two. But we do all the yeah. time. Yeah, lately I'm I, guilty of it too. I know. And yeah, I'm sure you 100%. as an author and whatever else you're doing, like you're like, but I got to get to this point. I want to, you can, Yeah. but you can also appreciate too. Sometimes man, life goes by quick because you have so much going on and, and with work and the podcast and writing and this and this. Sometimes you get so lost in the oh, moment yeah. and it's like, you got to take a step back and be grateful of the moments that you have you with, you know, whatever, with your dog, with Christina, sometimes you don't think about it. Right. And same thing with my girlfriend. And, and I was talking to my mom on the phone today and I'm like, man, I haven't seen my mom as, 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 as much as I probably would like. And so sometimes you got to really appreciate it and, uh, and take things, not, not take things for granted. Something that came to me right now, uh, I was thinking about, you know, when I was like trying to be successful, I want to be successful so bad. Um, I invested in stock during like COVID, you know, and I was up like a crazy amount of money <laughs> and then it came back down and I lost the money that I was up and I learned, I was like, Oh, I need an exit strategy. Here's my question. Do you have an exit strategy for happiness? Yeah. When are you good? When are you going to take out? When are you going to, are you always needing more? I have a friend who I'm not going to name his name, but he's, uh, addicted to making more. He's like, I need to make millions. You know, I need to, I need to get to that point. I need to have, I need to own a hospital. I need to, I'm just like, cool. How are you and your girlfriend? You know, when's the last time you were happy? He's like, I'll be happy when conditional philosophy, mm. I'll be happy when, you know, what happens if you're happy now and you're still building? have to be or it doesn't have to be both but with that philosophy i had that for so long i was hustle 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 i want to grind you know hustle i want to kill gary v curse i want to curse on stage i was chasing stuff man and i just was you can't be happy if you're chasing i posted something on tiktok yesterday uh, about relationships but it was like if you're chasing the person you're with you can only chase what you don't have so you don't have a relationship you have hope you know, same thing with success. If you're chasing success, you're never successful. You're success empty, if anything, <laughs> because you're not happy. You're chasing happiness. You're chasing success. It's the carrot on the stick you'll never get yeah. because you've never allowed yourself to enjoy the damn carrot. Because guess what? The carrot on the stick, you're the one holding the fucking stick. Yeah. It's never, it feels like it's never enough. You always want to chase something else and you're never. And feelings are not facts, you know? Feelings are not facts. Not Unless facts. you convince yourself. To you, yes, at their facts, but and everybody are. Got to change the narrative. Mm. That better be the name of my next book. I swear to God, change the narrative. Yeah. The narrative. Put hey, it might be uh, TM TM. You know, trademark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barvin's next yeah. book. You know what? I'm gonna change it to change yeah. the narrative. Get <laughs> <laughs> you to it. That's hey, great. Hey, hey. Uh, but so yeah, so we're gonna start. You wanna start wrapping? Yeah, know? yeah. So we're gonna start closing house. So at the end, uh, time to break up. Yeah, copy break up. Yeah, nice little pun I came up with. <laughs> so time to break up. So uh, at the end of the episode, we always like to give our final thoughts. And the final thoughts, it gives a stage to, to the guests to share anything that they'd like to, tell, to say to the younger self, maybe something that they believe in, a message that they'd like to give to the world. And then from there, sell yourself. I'll let you take the stage from your own. So go ahead. So my, my big message is be aware of the narrative you currently have. You might be telling yourself, this is how it is. Take a step back and say, is this how it is? Or is this the story I'm telling myself about how this is? And if you don't like that narrative, please put in the effort to start changing it. Not change it, start changing it. I don't need you to fix it immediately. I just need you to start. And if you start and put effort every day, one day, two days, five days, 
five years from now, two years from now, six months from now, you'll live the life you thought you never would. It starts internally and then it comes out, you know, but you got to give yourself a chance. You got to give yourself the effort that you want partners to give to you. You got to give yourself effort. Um, stop repeating the past, you know, who you have been is not who you can be. Make the choice, make the change, put the effort. Your future self d- deserves it. Reminds me of Dr. Heastie. Dr. Heastie. He goes, just like you can practice something perfectly good, bad practice makes something perfectly bad. I love that. And it's true. It's very true. So when it comes down to effort every single day, you, you, you have to make a change. You do. If you really want to. So you can't expect the same actions to, to yield different results when you're not doing it different and i think that's when um knowing that you need to make that change go after it with that mindset putting the effort in the right place i think that that's where that's where the beauty is for sure chris not you you hey what about me you come next okay (laughs) it was an honor to have you what an inspiration and uh now now i see why you're you know where people book you on for for these uh you know Speaking, I'm about to run through this wall right now. Yeah, we gotta book you someday. <laughs> but uh, no, like we would love to have you back sometime. Thank you for coming I would on, love to. for showing yeah. your story. And th- Can they find you uh, if you were selling anything? I know you also have your, uh, your you know, those energy energy bites, energy yeah. food. Was that the same thing that? Was- Similar name, but a little different. Yeah, Our, ours is a healthy uh, natural protein bar. It's a pr- protein. about to launch energy drinks as well so Sweet, um, awesome. coming out in july august and uh we've grown probably like four thousand percent since covid one diabetic and we want to get people to pick up that instead of a candy bar and that's our goal to kind of change the world one bite i think down in the For description sure. people can check it out but it's yeah. this episode one Really proud of you. Yeah, well, yeah, we got to speed it up because we got to make sure that it's before uh, July, August when he launches. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll yeah. time it up. Yeah, we'll Alex, worries. yeah, no worries. Get to work, kid. We'll, we'll make it happen. Well, I'm but. sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, sell, sell yourself. Where can they find you? Uh, yeah, everything cool. like that, and then we'll, well up. My name is Chris Rudin. I am the only seven finger type one diabetic, world record holding power lifter, motivational speaker, bodybuilder, and donut connoisseur that you know. So I never practiced that speech before ever, clearly. Um, and really? <laughs> uh, my goal is to help people. I give away free content all the time, you know, on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. It's just at Chris Rudin. You can find me there. Uh, yes, I have a blue check mark, but you can DM me and I will actually talk to you because I'm a human and I'm not a douchebag influencer. Um, so uh, please reach out, man. I love talking, having conversations. If you ever just want to throw an idea around or you want to hear topics, just reach out. And the upper hand. What the upper hand. I also upper am hand. an author, clearly, because I yeah. forgot. Um, uh, the author of The Upper Hand, and it's concepts on self-communication. So it's available on Amazon, and uh, we regularly run specials going as low as like nine bucks. So uh, feel free to grab a copy. I have another book coming out too soon. So just follow me on social media, and you'll keep up with everything going on. All right, Chris, it's been an Chris honor. Chris Rudin, I appreciate the you man. The man. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. So with that being said made it this far like this video down below subscribe to our youtube channel ring the notification bell so you're up to date with all of our content we have social media instagram tiktok facebook and twitter mm-hmm. also uh, got a website at coffeemakeup.com and for and full videos and other goodies you can check us out on patreon oh well, if you're watching this you're already on patreon because this will be available that this will be available on patreon so thank you oh, for, the, thank support. You for the support we appreciate you oh shout out to kimberly 
real one. Oh, Kimberly, well, we got to start with this then. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk. Alex, you start with this part. Kimberly, you're the best. Thank you for signing on Patreon. Thank, Thank you. you for being one of our top, the, one of the she top is, tier, man. Shout out friend. to you. She's a real one. She's awesome. Yeah, so with that being said, Thank Chris, you, guys. Man, thank you so Great. much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Ciao, guys.